0: Welcome to the Bridging the Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Malak Ari. Today, we got another special treat for y'all. My next guest comes straight out of my hometown of Washington, D.C. He's a former epic records recording artist known for hits such as With You, Everlasting Love, She's Fly, When a Man Cries, Heart of a Man, Head Over Here." I mean, the list goes on and on. He's also a singer and songwriter. Grammy nominated. I mean, this brother is a legend, not just in the city, but abroad. So with all that said, it's an honor and a pleasure to introduce to the Bridget the Generation Podcast, one and only Tony Terry. Let's go. To Bridging the Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif. Again, Bridging the Generation Podcast, where we're connecting music from the past, present, and the future. And today I got a very, very special treat. Some will say this for the ladies, but for brothers and fellas like myself, we all know and love this brother because he has helped us to have some of the best evenings with our women. And this legend that I'm talking about is from my hometown, representing Washington D.C. The one and only, the legend, Mr. Tony Terry. That's good. That's good, how's fam? How's it going? How's it it's going, fun. man? <laughs> it's going well, man. Things are going great. Things are going I, great. Can you hear me? Okay. I hear you perfectly. I hear All you right, perfectly, great. brother. Great. I, I hear you perfectly, man. So, so, how's everything going on, man? With the whole. This whole COVID nineteen man, you miss you miss being out there performing. What's what's your take on that whole that whole thing? Uh, well, you know, I had to
1: I had to reinvent myself. Um, so what does that mean? I had to take advantage of of the internet, basically. Um, wait a minute, I don't want this to start. Um, I had to take advantage of the internet. So after about after about three weeks of being in the house, you know, even though I have a nice house down here in Atlanta, it just okay. started shrinking. It started shrinking. know just start closing in on your boy and i just i you know i'm a performer at heart i love i love what i do and i call it i call it sharing sharing i love sharing music and uh so i decided to get on my facebook live page which i had never done before as many years as i had had my my fan page i'd never been live before so i started in march every tuesday and uh i would do it on and i first started calling it chilling at the house, with just like the rest of y'all. That's, that's, that's what the name of <laughs> <was. laughs> uh, uh, it was. And it eventually became Tony Terry Tuesday, but it was just about, you know, a distraction, um, really for myself. No doubt. Uh, and, but then it turned into this thing where people began responding in ways that made it appear bigger than me, like uh, somebody would lose a family member and, you know, you know how this COVID thing has been affecting people's families. No and doubt. so I got many calls like that, and saying things like the, the fact that I was doing this brought, brought you know just some comfort. And so I, I, I started feeling compelled to do it because I realized that it was, it was, it had become therapeutic for more than me, but for the people that were listening. And even when I'm not at 100% or don't gotcha. feel like it, I still feel like I, I need to show up and uh, be of service to, to my, my family. I call them my family rather than my fans uh the people that support me and, and you know and it's kind of like my way of being of service so
0: no doubt no doubt look brother we we miss you being out here my my fiance. i just being out there man shoot you know hey. i got this heat out there too right now hey, i'm brother. ready to bust it wide open hey brother, <laughs> brother i i i i heard that last project that take me to the river track brother we gonna get into all that that ain't even the latest so you haven't Yo, heard I, the I, latest no latest no, no no i'm just i'm just going like Brother, we could be all hit all day talking <laughs> about, about, about music, brother. I, bro, I, that's my thing right now. Like that, that's my jam right now. Now you got yeah. some heat, and we gonna get into all of that. But yeah, we just I got the new really,
1: single in the DMV, and I'm really, yeah, really oh,
0: excited about it. Let, 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 let's pump our brakes on that. I want to tap it. I want people to know about that. But um, you got you got some classics, brother. So what I want to do, I want to start from the beginning, man. Again, this is you a legend, brother. You from the city, man. This is an honor yeah. to have you on. So I want to let's go back, brother. Let's take it back. What, right. what, what, what? Um, you know, DC is a territorial city, man. And yeah. you know, one thing about you, man, when you came on the scene, brother, I vividly remember it was something like, man, that we was able to hold on to. And I, 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 I remember that, um, that first project, man. So, hey, let's let's go back, man. Where exactly are you from? Uh, in in in, uh, in, BC, in the DC area, Northwest Georgia Avenue,
1: Georgia oh, Avenue Park Road, uptown, yeah,
0: uptown. Yeah,
1: but you know, up I, growing down. up though, growing up though, you know, I lived in I lived in Southeast, I lived in Northeast, but um, I you know, like home, home was Northwest, yeah. and uh, oh, wow. I, between there, between there, and Landover, Maryland, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Palmer Park, which is the same neighborhood that Ray Leonard came from.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you remember Landover Mall, them days? Come on, I used to walk to Landover
1: Mall, man. Stop playing,
0: bro.
1: On Saturdays, the mall, yeah. the, the
0: mall was the place
1: to go. And then at the time, yeah. it seemed so big. But why, right. by the time by the by the time they tore it down, it just seemed so small. It's like, how did we ever think Landover Mall was the, was big? I, place I to know, go? but okay. it was. You,
0: you, you remember and Julius, shopping pleasant. The or- Come Julius. on, man!
1: Stop! Come on, man! Orange <laughs> Julius, man! Stop, man! Oak Tree, man! Yes, sir. Uh, the Cavalier shop? Cav- stop me, man, on, <laughs> man. You, you Stop, playing. <laughs> stop yeah. playing with me, man! You stop playing! <laughs> stop playing with me, man! Yeah,
0: man. Okay, okay, okay. Look, hey, you, you tested, you tested, you tried and, uh, and approved. You okay, sure. okay? For so, sure. so, so, look, man. Growing up here in in the, in the Washington D.C. area, you know what was it like, man? Because you know. You were OG man, and then you like you one of the eldest statesmen, man. So, what was it like? Talk to the people, man. Let them know how it was. How was it growing up here in the area during the during you know the seventies, the eighties, during that? Uh, yeah, that well, era.
1: I, mean, I grew up when I was in DC. Mayor Mayor Marion Barry was running things, and it was because of him that I got to participate in the summer youth employment program, and that was like my first paid job. You know, I was I was a student at the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And uh, I was studying my craft. And, you know, when I when I got that, you know, first of all, that we were going around the city doing full productions with with sound costumes set uh, in the street. And we're going to the neighborhood and just like really get it. That's where my training came from. You know, Mm. Um, Mike Malone, Debbie Allen. Uh, Debbie Allen went on to, to be a successful choreographer. And Mike Malone was one of the founders of the school. And I, I will never forget that, you know, in my last year of being eligible to participate in the summer youth employment program, Mike Malone, who was highly revered, he's a, he's a, he was, uh, right. rest in peace, a professor at Howard University and, of course, one of the founders at Duke Ellington. He came to me one day almost at the end of the season and put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're ready. Mm. And that was big. Like that was, that was big. That was big. Okay. You know, to get okay. to get his stamp of approval because he didn't like me in the beginning. <laughs> he he didn't want me in. Okay, he didn't. He didn't. And uh, one of the teachers, Linda Gravatt, who uh, also became one of my friends, she was like, "But the boy can sing."
0: Let me slow it down for the people. Now, tell, the, tell the folks, man, what high school did you went to? Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Okay, the legendary Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Now, when you was in Duke Ellington, was it, you know, because I know how it is now. Now, I don't know how it was back then, where, but was singing the only thing that you took? Or was it something else that you, you know, did you well, have some other interests? Okay. Yeah, well, okay.
1: If, awesome. you ever watched, if you ever watched Fame on TV, or, of course, you know, that's what that's what get, that's what gave, you know, gave me the bug to want to go yeah. um, see fame. What people don't know while while it was set in New York City, it was mm-hmm. actually based on what was going on at Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Debbie Allen was was one of the teachers there. And I you heard know, about so they were they were instrumental in, you know, what what that show was about. Okay. And so when I went there, it was all uh, Western Western mm-hmm. High School. Yeah, yeah it, had, it had it had a transition from Western High School and it was a very old building and I'm sure we were breathing in asbestos mm. I'm sure we was in chip, breathing <laughs> in paint chips breathing uh, in paint chips because but the but the yeah. artists had painted all over the walls it was yeah. a creative space you know dancers were dancing in the hallway actors were working it was just like what was happening on fame so mm-hmm. for me
0: it was like this opportunity to be in the space to develop you know, my hold, craft hold, hold, and go to hold. school I just want to stop you for one second. I want the fans to know if you guys not familiar, Fame was an early nineteen uh, eighties, late seventies uh, dancing yeah. sitcom starring Debbie Allen, and it was it was it's a classic. So, so I just want the people to know. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it went on to be a movie, and you know, it was a it was a big deal, and it was mm-hmm. it was the thing that you know kind of lit the fire because I'd always been singing, but it was the no thing that lit the fire under me that made me want to pursue and, you know, refine and learn more about my craft and, you know, kind of polish get it polished up. Uh, and and I did, you know, and, and it really it really set the foundation because, you know, rehearsals could be 10 hours. Mm. You know, we was in high school, but we right. did it until we got it right. And, you know, it, and it was if it wasn't right, we did it again. And if it wasn't right, we did it again. And so that made that that set the standard for when I was out in the world in New York and you know, being ready, okay. being ready. Cause we're not going to let it out until it's ready. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's what I got. I got a really strong work ethic and you know, lots of amazing people came from Duke Ellington. Dave Chappelle came from there. Mm. Uh, Denise Graves, who was the star of the Metropolitan Opera, Anthony Wrong Anderson, who's the star of Blackish. Um, myself, lots of writers, screenwriters, tech, people. Um, mm-hmm. Sherry Thomas, who is one of the head uh, camera crew, and videographers at, you know, who's covering the White House and the president okay. and all that kind of stuff. Our graduates uh, cover the Kennedy Center. They cover, you know, the, the, the theater over at Howard University. So our, the, the people that came out of Duke Ellington have gone on. A lot of people, a lot of people have chosen to have regular lives, but a lot of people went on to pursue their craft and become professionals and, and
0: highly revered in, in what they do. No doubt, no doubt. So, um, you, you, you just mentioned that you went to Duke Ellison. That's when you really were able to hone your craft. But yeah. when did you realize, like you know, like this is something that I'm going to start to take serious and I'm i going to pursue this full time? What what, um, what what inspired you to to, to pursue it full time? I never really questioned. Like I never had to
1: figure it out. I used to work for, uh, I used to work for Howard Johnson's and uh, the hotel. And the one chef, the one, in the restaurant. Of- yeah, and the one the one in Chevrolet okay. on 202 and uh Land on road. up on the hill. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I don't think it's Howard Johnson's anymore. No, 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 But I used to work there and I started out as a waiter within like six months. I was a good waiter. Within this within about six months, I asked if I could be a part of the management training program. Okay. And I convinced them, I convinced corporate that I had Howard Johnson's tattooed on my left cheek. <laughs> and, <laughs> Because they were sending me to school and everything. You know what I'm talking about? I, they was like, oh, how do we know we're not going to get you ready, and then you're not going to step out on us as soon as we get you educated? I was like, nah, man, I'm here. I'm here. You know right, know right, I mean? right. Okay. As soon as I got an opportunity. So I heard about this. Uh, so I was there for two years. I went through the management training program and okay. became one of their managers, managed the store. And then I ended up back at Chevrolet. And okay. there was an audition that I heard about in New York for a play called Black Nativity. And Mike Malone, who just happened to be one of the founders of my school, was directing it. And so uh, I heard about the audition. I'll never forget. It was on it was on October fourth, and nineteen eighty five. And mm. I I quit. I told the assistant manager. I took yeah. my keys off my side. No I said, doubt. "Boom, you the boss." She's like, "What?" What? what, what? <laughs> I was like, I ain't, "I ain't coming back tomorrow." He was like, "What?" I didn't put in. A, I didn't put in no two weeks' notice. Nothing. I got in my car, me and my cousin, <laughs> drove up to New York. We auditioned, drove up, drove up to New Brunswick, New yeah, Jersey, yeah. auditioned for the show. Got okay. this job. We got the gig in New Jersey. Yeah. But what I didn't know was that the job was only paying thirty-five dollars a week. Man. So I was, and at that time, I was managing a restaurant, so I was, I was making good, pretty good money for yeah, a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, you took a pay cut. You definitely took I, a pay cut. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we couldn't afford. We couldn't even afford housing. So mm. I slept under my dressing room table. Me and my cousin, he slept under his yeah. dressing room table for six months. Jesus. We shared, we shared packs of ramen noodles. Mm. We shared hot dogs. We shared, we cut an apple in half. And I'd be like, cuz 32 chews, get all the nutrients you can get out this joke. I know that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I mean, but that's what it was. But yeah. I was having the time of my life, bro. It was great. Wow. It was great. Wow. I didn't even so know that thought- that was the best time. I thought I was struggling. Mm. I really did. But it was really the learning, the training, the experience that I was getting that, you know, you can't even put a number on right now.
0: So around this time, you know, Stacey saw Johnny Gill is, is popping off. Yeah. And did you ever feel like the pressure, you know, coming from, you know, coming behind them? Because they really set the city on fire just coming out. And here you come. You know, you guys are all in the same range. Was there ever any pressure? No, um, I didn't know them. I mean, I knew Stacy. Um, through her
1: cousin, okay. but I didn't really know them. So nah, there wasn't a. I'm not like a competition dude. I think there's a, mm. you know, there's enough of the pie for all of us to have a slice.
0: I got you, no doubt, no doubt. And, and the reason why I asked that—that's one of the questions that you know, being a DC native, a lot of us want to know that because we to, like, we we had Stacy, we had Johnny, and then boom, we got T- we got we got Tony. And it's like yeah. we're we're consistently getting great music, and we always wanted to know was there any type of competition. So that's that's. There the was never. Was
1: there was never. Um, you know, and every time I speak to Johnny, it's nothing but
0: love, one hundred percent, like okay. for real, for real, and it's no genuine. Doubt. I can tell. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So, so, what were some of your influences in the city? You know, I was, You know, were they some influences? Um,
1: well, yeah, the fact that it was Chocolate City, no. <laughs> at the time, you know, it was yeah. you know black blackness blackness was king. And, um, you know, it has changed so much. D.C. has changed so much that it hardly even looks the same no doubt. Um, from when I was when I was growing up there. It, in fact, it's not the same. And do I do I miss old D.C.? Um, you know, there were things about it that I liked. OK, so D.C. is a political town. It's not very really an art, not an artistic town. So very much so. Very much. so. Um, you know, so it was kind of, you know, being an artist trying to find my way in D.C., was a little bit challenging, and you know, were it not for programs like the uh, Summer Youth Employment Program, I don't know that I would have been able to find, you know, get that focus, get that, get that energy from that I would need it to right. launch me off into, you know, where I was going. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely appreciative of having that. But just being in the city, going, going over to um, down the O Street um, to get that food in the basement of, um, uh, you know, what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. You I yeah. Need Oak Street Market. Daddy Grace's
1: Church. Daddy Grace's Church. church. you on 7, yeah. 7th
0: Street, 7th Yeah,
1: man. Go there and get that food.
0: <laughs> so the, so the
1: best. The see, best if they don't have this going on. They got to have this thing going on. If they don't have that, I don't eat that food. Oh, oh, gotta, oh, oh. The lady yeah. cooking in the back, she got to have that <laughs> flappy thing under her arm. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> hey,
0: hey, hey. That's when you know that food was. The, the food you know going to be right. Yeah, what they, they say, say uh, got to put their foot in it. Yeah, yeah like they yeah. used to say, man. So, so house of prayer, that's what it was. House of prayer. House of prayer. I, I still go there. I still go there. It's still there. It's still there. I still go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, it's so cool Tony, so, so 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 Tony, when was the last time you've been to, you know, you you, you visited the city? Because you know, a lot of fans want to know that.
1: Um, well, not this year at all because of oh, COVID. Right. And uh, well, that's not true. I was there Valentine's Day. I played at City Winery uh, and we did a in spite of covid mm. we did a we did a sold out show at uh, West Virginia at city Avenue. Winery. West yeah. Virginia
2: and every, Avenue.
1: every time I every time I've played City Winery we've sold out and uh, which is an amazing thing because you know I I, just, I appreciate that my friends and family still come out and support. That no means a lot to a brother you have time out
0: yeah, how mad. I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Like I said, that's why, like I said, that's why I have you here, man. This this is an honor. This is a moment, man. This is a moment right here. So look, you know, um, a lot of folks may not know this, man, but you got your start, you know, uh singing back up for the um, you know, for the boogie boys, man. So yeah. tell me about that experience, man.
1: Um, well, my professional start, again, started in DC, but you know when I when I met this guy Ted Courier who produced Atomic Dog for George Clinton mm. and he produced um you know a Fly Girl for the Boogie Boys a Fly Girl um Fly Girl a Fly Girl you remember that record? Oh, come on, um, yeah. Yes, and so yes, so yes, and he was working on he was working on the follow up to that album when I met him and uh, when I went to the studio for the first time he had Parliament Funkadelic in there mm. work, working on and I was a huge fan like. I was blown away. No, you that got to no, hold
0: on time out. You got to see Bernie Worrell and George. Yeah, Clinton. all them
1: jokers, all them jokers. Continue, then, George continue. wasn't there. George wasn't there. George okay. wasn't there, but everyone else was. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's a lot of them. It's a it's a whole army of them. Right. And so yeah. um, but Gary Mudbone Cooper, who was the who was the, the, the rhythm guitarist who wore the diaper on stage. Uh, he was there. He was crazy. In fact, I'm, I'm working with his brother now. We got some major songs that we have come up with together. That's going to be on okay. my new album. Um, okay. But look, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I want to perform my latest single on your show tonight. Right? Oh, brother,
0: come on. You Tony Terry, brother. What I want to perform
1: my latest single because yes. I think it's Bananas. Yes, um, yes, please um, do. Please but do. right now I'm doing a remix. I'm doing a re-remix of my yes. latest single that's going to feature Sugar Bear, it's gonna feature uh, Big Tony. It's gonna feature Shorty Corleone, You know, uh, you know. So we're gonna go. We're gonna reach back and hit all the, uh, you know, the, the the greats. The legends. Bring them in and the legends and feature them on this remix that I have called "Born to Love You." And I think oh, it's man. gonna be bananas. I, man, can't I already wait.
0: know. I already know. If it sounded anything like your last project, brother, man. I already know, man. It's gonna be nothing but heat, man. So look, you talk about me and Ted Curry. Now he, you know, he produced your first two projects now what was it like you know linking up with uh ted Currier and you know signing to um signing to epic uh records
1: well uh
0: walk walk me through that
1: okay so i was working on the boogie boys record who was who was signed to Capitol records and and then ted's wife had me walk into this room and sing for these people and Mm -hmm. i was i was already recording in the other room so I wasn't nervous or anything. I was warmed up and I was ready to sing. So she asked me to sing for these people. And I didn't know that they were management at Capitol Records. Mm-hmm. And I left that room with a seven album deal. Damn. And uh, that was amazing. I left that room okay. with a seven album deal. And then the guy that signed me got fired. <laughs> now,
0: who was and, that? Is he, is he, is he his,
1: still around? Yeah, he's still in the business. His name was Don Grierson. <laughs> Don Grierson, and he got hired at Epic Records, and he convinced Epic to buy my contract from Capitol, and then my mm-hmm. record came out on Epic Records. And so it started with "She's Fly," which was, um, you know, kind of go-go Jeez inspired. Fly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, t- <laughs> t- just took over, just took over the whole city. Go over you know, the
0: city, yeah. yeah
1: "She's Fly" was written by one of my one of my brothers that I went to high school with, okay. um, George, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he he was uh, you know he from D.C. actor, and uh, he had turned actor turned songwriter. So I ran into him. When I was recording my album in New York, and it was the last song that I recorded for the album. And it ended up being mm-hmm. the first single from the album. Uh, and, and it started the fire. It started the I, fire.
0: I, I remember, I remember when that song came out, man, because I was like around 10 years old. And you could not go anywhere without hearing that song, yeah, it was everywhere, you know, like man. And and and, and it brought such a great feeling to, to, to me knowing that you're from the city. I remember seeing yeah, you. Yeah. On, video soul and also it was yeah, yeah. it was special. it was, yeah. it, was
1: special. it was it was special to me too man because you know i was home and i, I was just loving it and you know the reception um at home was, talk, talk was, was awesome reception. i mean not because my people held me up you know my mm-hmm. family you know my friends uh right. you know they held me up they supported me they would always come out and you know support the different events that i would do and mm-hmm. um i just thought that was dope you know what you because, you know, I grew up there. So, you know, those people that and I still am in touch with the same people that I grew up with. So, okay. you know, they call me Tony. yeah. You know, I'm not Tony Terry to them. I'm Tony. Okay. you know, so it's, it is I'm still right. like that. And that's part of what keeps it real, it keeps you grounded for me. Um, And I love that. Okay. And so I, look,
0: I want to I want to finish talking about this, this this first project, the forever yours project. So. But before I get to that, man, I want to ask this question. I always wanted to know this, uh, Terry. Uh, 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 were, when you was at Epic Records, was that part of like a the black uh, uh, like? Did they have like a black division? Was was Larkin Arnold? Was he up there? He was not there when I was there. Um,
1: but they did have a black music department, and um, Lamont Bowles, I think, was head of the black music department at the time, or uh, Don Don Pearson, or something like that. Okay. Um, I remember because I, I I remember because I snatched one of his girls from him one time, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I
0: snatched one of young his bro- shorties one
1: time. <laughs> young, brother,
0: young brother, young brother, was moving and shaking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you gotta make you gotta hey, you gotta make the mark somehow. You gotta yeah. make the mark somehow. Somehow <laughs> you know we do. So look, so look. Boom, the Forever Yours uh, project come out, man. You got you got you know you, you you hit us with the with with the with the first single she's fly it takes over the city it takes over it, it takes over america it goes all the way to you know number number 10 on the charts <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize man but you had some other bangers on that album man you had the you had the the the, the uh the other single forever yours you had love yep. that's number four that yep. made it and, and and you know what's the crazy thing uh <clears throat> mr terry I never knew that lovey-dovey was went higher than she's fly because i'm gonna be honest growing up here in dc now i don't know about how it was abroad but that was the one that was played more than lovey-dovey was Yeah, yeah. Was, was dope. yeah, yeah. Here. like i would have thought that one just was a little higher i'm gonna
1: be honest yeah 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 um yeah lovey-dovey did chart higher and actually lovey-dovey was the first song that i ever wrote and uh, okay. i i wrote it on the subway on the way to my very first recording session i didn't know what i was going to sing i didn't know what i was going to be singing about i didn't know who i was working with but i wrote i was on. if you know anything about new york city <clears throat> i was in new york i was on the one train which goes from mm-hmm. harlem to Manhattan. <clears throat> excuse me i was living in harlem and uh so I'm, i was going down there and i started thinking what am i going to sing you know
2: just that lovey dovey feeling I get when I'm with
1: you. Then that, that sounded corny to me on the train. So yeah, I was like, yeah, nah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's that's back in the day when we were saying fresh. Hey man. Fresh. I still it's
0: say fresh. that, man. I'm bringing, I'm bringing <laughs> it back. I'm bringing that back. We're about to bring it back, but go
1: ahead. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, but it kept coming back. Yeah. You know, the melody, I used to think the love was so silly, and all that kissing and stuff. And I'm writing it, I'm like, nah, this ain't working. So yeah. I get there to the session, right? And I hear yeah. this track playing. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the words that I had just written fit this track like a glove. So I mm-hmm. knocked on the door, and I was excited by then. And I didn't know the producer yet, but I was excited about you know what I, what I was hearing through the door. He opened the door, and I, before even introducing myself, I was like, what is that you're working on? He was like, oh, mm. this is this. It's not for you. This this is something for Invoke, and uh, whoa, I was like, yeah. Whoa, but I just wrote. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Slow yeah. down, because because <laughs> Invoke did not even come out until like three years later.
1: There was something there, there was something for Invoke. Um, well, they had they must have had they must have had. So no, so, so this is my second album. So you know they we're talking nineteen ninety. So they must have had something out that he would have because I knew who they were at the time.
0: Now, lovey w on the first right. That's off
1: the, no no Lovy W W W is off the first album. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was um, like, whoa, whoa, this was this is the beginning, right? Right. Okay. So, yeah. Invoke wasn't out
0: by then. Yeah, this one. Yeah, now, no, I feel you. I feel Invoke wasn't out by one, then. This this one comes out the same year that uh, 90. Okay, yeah. so they I heard about them
1: anyway. So right. uh he had, he had written a track for them. Mm-hmm. And uh I, so so I told him I had just written this this lyric and melody, and it fit perfectly. So right, he was right. like, let me hear what you got. And yeah. I sang. I used to think to, boom, 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 And the, you know, it just fit. Yeah, so he was yeah. like, uh, "Invoke doesn't have to know this was this was for them." <laughs> 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 so <laughs> so
0: we, we recorded it, and and then it went off from there. Just, you know, the yeah, rest of history. The rest is history, man. So, you know, Ben, when you dropped an album in '87, a lot of people. Forget that, you know, uh, Keith Sweat, Make It Last Forever album came out at the same time. Now, who came so out? Show that I'll
1: be sure. Show that I'll be sure and Tony, Tony, Tony. Actually, our records came out the same week. The, first, the singles came out the same week. They had Hey, uh, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony had Hey Little Walter. Yeah. I'll be sure had, um, yeah. I think, I want to get off my of
2: girl. Oh, yeah, I think, that's what, yeah.
1: the, I think yeah. that's what he had. And then uh, Keith had I Wanna. And um, I think Johnny Kemp had Friday uh, just got paid. Just got
0: paid. Just, but, so, see, the, the, yeah. the reason why I brought that up, because you and Keith, you guys really the sound, the the, the sonic, of, the, the sonics of the album of, of both of you guys' projects to me, and from talking to most people in the industry and most uh, rhythm and blues aficionados, most people say those were really the two first New Jack Swing albums. But you
1: know what's really interesting? I never get included in the in the conversation of New Jack Swing. You just did.
0: I never get included
1: and... in that conversation. You know, it's just, just really you know, interesting.
0: No, no I'm going to put, put, put some respect on, on my name. Real talk, real talk. We we go, put some respect on my name. you time out. We going to put and I know I'm a little biased because you are from the crib, but yo, let's, let's keep it at being. The sound that you had and the sound that key, yo, you guys were the first. You guys were the first, man. So I want the fans to know that, man, you know, that Mr. Terry and Keith Sweat were like the the engineers of this New Jack Swing movement, man, that took over for the the, the you know the years to come. So I'm gonna give you your flowers, brother. Appreciate it, dog. I'm gonna give you your flowers, man. Good so what, what was like the you know, so so here we are. It's 87, 88. We're going into, you know, you, you 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 the songs is played everywhere, man. What were some of the the highlights, man, during, you know, from that first project to the second project?
1: Um, uh, My first mob scene.
0: Oh, God. Talk about
1: it. You know, know, was it a mall? You know, I was somewhere in middle America. And I saw it happening because my, mm-hmm. my manager used to tell me, you know, you have to have security. And I'd be like, nah. And he would actually pay people to follow me. Mm-hmm. But that had to be incognito like they I wasn't supposed to know that I was being followed. But this okay. one time I felt like I was being followed and turns out I was being followed and I told a guy to leave and uh, I was with my cousin We was on the road and we went to the mall and I saw it happen. Just one little girl walked by the store we was in and she recognized me and she was with she was with uh, uh, one other person and then they came back, they mm-hmm. came back again and they recognized me again. <clears throat> There was like four of them. They came back by the store again. Mm -hmm. And by the time we came out of the store, they had assembled a little mob at the end of the hallway in the mall. And as soon as we came out, here they come. Running full throttle towards us. I hadn't been in no mob scene before. Ain't nobody told me nothing. Yeah. (laughs) We took off, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Ran out the mall. Trying to get back to the hotel as fast (laughs) as I could. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I've been I've been uh, one time my, my record company executive, I was doing a show with Jodeci and Boys to Men in Troy, Alabama. Mm, OK. And it was on the back of a truck. It was a flat uh, rig. And that's, mm. that, that was the stage. And my, my record company exec was like, jump down, jump down into the audience. Right. And I had on this fine silk five hundred dollar shirt. You know, I had my gold on and my chain. Yeah, yeah. We, we know jumped, how you do.
0: We, we know how I jumped you jump.
1: I jumped down to the audience and got completely attacked. It's like this guy had to pull me back up. He grabbed me by my wrist. Dude was huge. Yeah, he grabbed me by yeah. my wrist, literally picked me up out of the audience. All of my shirt was gone except the cuffs Damn. on my sleeves. My chain was gone. I was scratched up. I was like... Man, <laughs> what was that?
0: Hey, you want to you 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 want the what big time? This the this, this the real deal. You didn't you didn't you didn't realize what you signed up for, huh? I didn't know. Okay, okay. So 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 look. I noticed you like you mentioned, and I, you know I hate to keep always going back to DC, but I I always this is one of the questions that a lot of the fans, the locals here, we want to know because one thing I noticed about DC we tend to not show love to artists that's from here for some reason but you and Johnny I tell people all the time man we always love you man like I don't know so so tell me about the reception man talk a little bit more about I gotta I I, I gotta you at the Capitol I I remember seeing you at the Capitol Center when I was when I was younger and I I, it's always hot for me like it was amazing. Talk about that listen
1: bro, it's always it's always um I've always been connected to D.C., you know, and the, and the friends and the family that I have there. And, um, you know, I just like they support me in my craft, I support them in their craft. So it's been kind of a give and take. And, um, you know, I I like to think that, you know, that I have a legacy of having a good name. And, you know, not only in D.C., but generally, um, because I, I like to, you know, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Sometimes that that works. To my disadvantage, but um, I enjoy what I do, and I enjoy the relationships with people that I have, and I try to, you know, keep those intact. Some of them have lasted. I got, I got friends of mine, even female friends, platonic relationships that I still have from high school. Like we still talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like check on each other, uh, talk junk to each other, you know, support each other, and it's just. And I don't think that that would ever change. You know what I mean? And so I've always had. Close ties to to home, and I hope that that never changes.
0: No, nah, that's what we love. We love you here, bro. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be representing the city, man, if I did not ask you that because a lot of fans, man, they they can't wait till this interview drop, and they would definitely they they wanted to hear what's your you know what's your take on that. So look, here we go. We're we're, we're moving into 1990, and here we go. We got the self-titled, the self-titled project so what was the direction for this album right here because this one is a classic man talk about
1: didn't. it was no particular direction as much Mm -hmm. as it was wanting to sing songs that i enjoyed singing okay that's all, that's all it was i just wanted to i wanted to sing songs that i could see myself you know performing you know years years later now when i listen back some of those songs you know didn't quite make the mark but you know, some of them, some of them did. Uh, I think about uh, 80 percent of them did,
0: man. Yeah, eighty. I can do without tongue tie. Yeah, yeah, what you
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, you know, you know, some of those, couple the, of those, you know, we were smoking that good, good, and then what happened was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Terry. it hey, take me back to a, a, a great place, man. Like, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie, when I listen to that project and even the first one, man. It takes me back to that that time that, that pureness, man, and, and creativity, man. And, and you were so new unique as an artist, man, with your voice, the way you sang. It was just, man, those those love songs. So I, you know, again, brother, tell me about the making of this song right here. You already know where I'm about to go to, but I'm talking about with you.
1: Oh man, that's, that's a great one, story behind with you. That's, that's a great one story of my favorite um,
0: songs. Ever. Let's talk about that.
1: With with you was written by a homeboy uh Raymond Reader from DC, from okay. from Kent, from Kent, Maryland, okay. and uh, right off 202, and yeah. Raymond uh, at that time was working a lot with Renee and Angela, and mm. uh, Angela Wimbush, and they were they were he was working quite a bit with them. Very, very, very talented singer, musician, producer, mm. and he's gone on to win Grammys for Yolanda Adams, and you know, just you know, he's he's done really well for himself. But he wrote this song with you, right? And he played it for me. The first time I heard it, by the time it got to, is for real what I feel when I'm with you, the first time, I was like, stop, 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 stop. When we cutting this song, man? I didn't even hear the rest of the song. <laughs> wow. When we cutting this the song, man, I, I already know. I Like, like I, I felt tingly, like the mm-hmm. very first time. Like, it yeah, affected yeah. me. And I knew that it had come from a genuine place. But what I didn't know, which I found out later, because I didn't ask this question that day, I asked him later, Raymond, Tell me about the song. Where did it come from? How did you? How did you come to it? And he was like, "You know, you know." I won't say her name. Well, I, I can say her name because she knows. Uh, she. He was like, "You know, Vivian, such and such." And I said, "Uh, yeah, and, yeah." He was like, "I wrote it about her." I was like, "What? How you gonna write a song about my girl, man? See, I had a crush on Vivian. I had a crush. Me, I had a crush on. Oh, Vivian it just dawned school. on me. You and he had a crush on Vivian." <laughs> And he wrote the song about this same girl. He wrote the song about the same chick that like I was like, how could that be? How you going? How how was that? And, you know, we've talked about it over the years. Of course, Vivian knows Uh, she's a very talented musician, singer herself. And, um, you know, even her her nephew is out here in this game, like making some big noise anyway. So he wrote the song about Vivian and. And then I recorded it, and you know it—it—it it, it, it turned out to be a special journey. Now, when it was time, when it was time to pick the second single from that album, "Head Over Heels" was the first one, and mm-hmm. I chose "With You" as the second single. And the but label did now, not want that.
0: I want to say real quick before you finish, please—I'm just just interject. That heads Over hill is a baby. That that song holds up to that. Yeah. I just want you to know that that <laughs> but one it did, still it holds. Didn't, up. It didn't really make a lot of noise then. It, it didn't it, make it, a lot it, of it, noise. Yeah, you I'm know, it's really honest, interesting. I, 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 I like that song better now than I did back then. Way yeah, it's, yeah. That's, well, and
1: it's, I, I get that song. response. Yeah. I get that response. So, Head Over Heels was the first single. It did all right, and then uh, it was time to choose the second single. I chose With You. The label called me in. They was like, "Nah, we can't do that, bro. Uh, you know, only Stevie Wonder could get away with a song like this. It's so corny." And I was, I was just not hearing it. So they let the record go out to radio <laughs> with, with no support, no setup, no pre-roll, nothing. And, uh, you know, that to me would have made if you get a if you get a because, you know, radio used to be serviced with uh, vinyl, 12 inch single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The promo. The promo, promo single. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you get a you get a vinyl with no label, with no print on it. Plain label that would to me would make that vinyl stand out mm-hmm. from the others that are all printed right. up. Why is this right. one piece not printed? What's what is this mm-hmm. came from Epic Records? Got to be something. Gotta be something. And so they played it and it was with you and with you started to slowly, slowly develop. And one day I got a phone call or one day a phone call came into my manager's office and I happened to walk into the office at the same time the phone was ringing and our receptionist had left her post. So I answered the phone it was Anita Baker. Wow. And she was looking for me and I didn't believe it because I didn't know Anita Baker. And uh, she, she she told me that she heard my song and she fell in love with it right away. And I told her that the label didn't think it was a hit, they wasn't going to support it. And she sent me $50,000, asked me to shoot a video for it. And she hired Blair Underwood to direct it. Uh, that was his directorial debut. And if you've ever seen the video for With You, it was because Anita Baker <laughs> stepped in and saw fit to make it happen, which I, I call her my guardian angel. And interestingly, we never. Like, we never, we didn't didn't become friends. Mm -hmm. Like, she sent me the money, and that was kind of that. You know, I I asked her how, she didn't want it back. It didn't develop a friendship or anything. Like, I have a lot of respect for her, but it wasn't like, you know, I'm sending you this
0: money, and now we're going to be buddies, because I still don't know her. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy, because I remember shortly after that, she put out her uh, compositions album. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 You know, like both of you guys put out both of y'all projects that, that same year. I would have thought that would have been dope if y'all you guys could have collaborated.
1: I wanted to sing with her. I wanted to sing with her, but you know, in terms of, in industry terms, I wasn't big enough yet. What? I was not in the time. I was oh, yeah. not a big enough star to sing with, to do a duet with her. I'm just saying. She what you mean, know, I didn't. I didn't. I, mean, I didn't, You know, that's that's what it was. That's that's what happened. I was not okay. a big enough. I was not established enough to to record with her at that time.
0: That's what you. That's
1: crazy. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it happened. You know, it happened, and mm-hmm. about twenty five years later, while Monique was taping her show down here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. she was on the show. She was a guest on the show. Anita Baker was, and I went um, to sit in the audience to watch the show, and she saw me, and we made eye contact after she finished one of her songs, and I could see her and Monique having a conversation about. I could just feel like it was about me, and it was because when we came back from commercial break, Miss Baker had shared the story with Monique about sending me that money, and uh, she said that she was being she was being obedient to the spirit. She was she was something told her to to do that, and
0: she did it. Okay, okay, that's well, you know what, I, what I, you know. Listen to, to me, you, Listen to you telling me that story. Sometimes I realize, you know. I, I'm, I'm seeing that sometimes gifts just come just by the a higher power. And and when, that, when, that it. when it happens, when it happens, you just got to take it and just move on. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what it seemed like what happened with the situation. That's so, what happened. Yeah. You know, so now here we are. The, 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 my other favorite song off this project. I don't know why heads over the hill again, wasn't higher. um, But you know, I, that's what we gonna talk. That's a we gonna be talking about. one of my album. most requested perform perform now. And, I, and it the, I, I love how it starts the album off, man. Like that's how you start an album off, brother. Yep. That's how you start an album. So that. we got the last single, man. Everlasting love, man. Which, which I did not like. Yo, I, you never like what? I didn't like it. I didn't want it to be a single,
1: but the guy that I worked on it with, uh, Bobby Reese kept saying, the song is anointed. It's anointed. Watch. It's so you going to be co- a hit.
0: You, you helped co-write that one.
1: I, I co-wrote it. Um, it. It was pretty much written by the time I got it, but I had to do some additional you know, things to it, change it up a little bit. It, um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, he just kept saying it's anointed, and it's going to be a hit. He was very confident it was going mm-hmm. to be a hit, and it was. It turned out to be my second biggest selling record.
0: That song actually charted higher than with you. It charted now, higher than with you, it, but but on the pop charts, with you charted higher, right? You know, and and, and you know, I, I don't understand how that worked. But when you got that song, um, everlasting love, did you did was that like the beginning of this 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 spiritual journey? Because as we as we go go further you seem to shift it as far, like musically. So did it did it start around that time? Or you know, I moving, moving too
1: fast? No, that's, a, that's an interesting question. That's an in, interesting observation. Because um, I wasn't really aware of that. <laughs> you because no, it wasn't like, it wasn't a conscious, it wasn't a conscious thing. But you know, probably as I got older, and you know, mm-hmm. knew more and learned more, and you know, I wanted to sing more mm-hmm. grounded songs. Right, right. Um, you know, songs like When A Man Cries, oh, um, That's, that's, my, that's the you know, um, you know, it was just, it just, it just, you know, just big songs. And actually, I didn't want I, When A Man Cries was too high for me. And I kept mm-hmm. saying all the time, but they were like, yeah, but that tension in your voice was so tight. And you like, you just barely gonna make it. And we're not sure if you're gonna make, it. No, that's that's exciting. And you know, and that we, we want that part of your voice. I was like, yeah, but no, because <laughs> I, you know, I got to wear tight drawers to sing that high. And I ain't trying to do that. You, you, know, what I'm ain't, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I ain't trying to do that, bro. It's so, all uh, good, man. But, but, but it was, a, you know, it was a challenge to sing. And, you know, it really turned out to be a powerful song. And that actually ended up on the Virgin label, and it was one of the most expensive videos that I had was for that song. And interestingly, you 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 don't even see it. The Virgin never put the video out. Um, like it's not on YouTube. Uh, but well, it was probably I think they I think they spent a half a million dollars just shooting that video. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a that was a like I said, it's I I've never unheard don't of to I, spend
1: a half a million dollars on a video
0: these days. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like that's not happening nowadays. That's not happening. Bro.
2: You, you
0: know, so so. You know, you got these two classic projects on Epic Records. Now, when you were, now, before, you know, at, while you're on Epic, how did you feel about what you were bringing forth? Like, what was the, you know, how, how uh, uh, you know, fulfilled were you as far as what you're putting out? You know, do you we feel like were chugging right along? Adding? We
1: were chugging okay. right along. But as managers do, you know, they were, you know, fighting for more attention, fighting for more money you know you can see that this start this guy is proving himself as an artist you know we've had two con, you know consecutive albums that have done well now you know we need more commitment you know, more, i mean again they had luther they had michael jackson they had tina Marie. I was just, you know well, they I was had just all watching. these really really blockbuster acts on the label but you're, 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 you're in there you you're in the but i was mix, still though. trying to find my they were still trying to find They were still trying to figure me out even after two albums so i left i left i left epic not because i necessarily wanted to but because um during the heat of an argument of my managers trying to fight for more attention fight for more money fight for you know make it happen somebody said well if you think you can get a better deal for them somewhere else go get it and they did they found a better deal at virgin
0: okay so you land over here at virgin
1: I learned I landed at Virgin and I started working on my my third album, which would which produced uh, it was called the heart of a man, which produced that single heart of a man. When a man cries. um, When will I see you again? uh, Can't let go. We did four singles off that album. Mm -hmm. And and then I was starting to work on my second album when I got a phone call while I was in the studio. It's a wrap. I was like, what what do you mean? Mm -hmm. They were like, "Um, the session's over. Deal's done. I couldn't even it took me a really good minute to even understand what they were talking about because I was in the studio recording. Well, what happened was my manager, my female manager, got into a physical altercation with the female boss at Virgin. Oh my goodness. And because they got into an altercation, you know, the result was I got dropped because they were representing me. So I got dropped from Virgin and uh, for reasons that have had absolutely Oh, nothing so to do with me. It was. It had was nothing to wondering. do with me. It was. It was all ego. It was egos. It was cat fighting It was, wow. you know, jockeying for position. It was, you know, I'll show you, kind of stuff.
0: That's messed up, man. And it's. And you basically had to to, to be the sacrificial lamb. So to I speak. did.
1: And and the result of that was that I was blacklisted. Um. And I didn't even know it. But. Mm. Mm, I could feel it in that because, you know, after coming off of those two major labels with, you know, three successful albums, right. no one was interested.
0: That's what that's That was the, always the weird thing about it. Like, I remember the success like you just mentioned earlier. You just mentioned earlier that they was trying to figure you out. What is there to figure out when Tony Terry drops an album, he gets at least two top 10 singles on every project? So well, what is
1: the, I, what's What's I, to figure I, out? I, well, because Luther that's was clearly
0: a, like, Luther was
1: clearly Luther was do. clearly right. Yeah, but Luther not was easy. clearly a balladeer. Right? Yeah. And and he and Tina Marie was clearly what she was. Michael Jackson.
2: is Michael Jackson.
1: You know, Tony Terry. You know, what is his I did like they I my first album. I wore the. I wore this. Um, Motorcycle jacket, and, and yeah. you know, I look Change. like Lionel Richie. I look yeah. like Lotto Richie, his son, on the first album. But everywhere I went, they wanted me to wear that everywhere oh, because That's there true. was like it was like branding. We need to, you know, we need to establish your identity, we need to establish, you know, we want people to know who you are the instant they see you. So I had the high top fade, and uh, in fact, the guy who put the high top fade on me was the same guy who cut Larry Graham from Cameo. We had we all had the same haircut. Grace Black- Jones, Larry Black- Blackman. Black- mm-hmm. Black- mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Grace Jones. <laughs> you say Barbara, he cut all of our hair. Uh Kid from Kidd and Play. Yeah. I was he just cut about all to our ask, hair. What about I was just about to ask, what about Kid? And, and, and he cut his know. hair too. So he, we all dope. had the high top fade. Okay. Right? Okay. And uh, so, just mine was red. And I had a little moon part in there. It's like that became my that good. became my my look, you know, that you know they wanted me to keep it. They'd keep your hair like that, keep your keep the jacket on. It's like, come on man I, you know I don't want people to think I won't have no clothes man cut it out
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the jewelry on this project is, is crazy brother like this is this jewelry man it looks like it weighs about 100 pounds man <laughs> Let me tell you
1: something about that jacket you know I um I had I had a I had a clothing budget of $25,000 right I had a clothing budget of $25,000 now,
0: now now we talking 1990 89 is that bad or good You, you That I'm was asking. great that okay, was I'm great. I mean, How I like- had a clothing
1: budget. I mean, for this photo, for this photo shoot, okay. I had a clothing, clothing budget for $25,000. And we, we, I probably spent all of it. <laughs> and on the way back, you know, to the session, yeah. to, the, to the photo shoot, I, I stopped in this, uh, uh, not, like a, not like a flea market, but like a vintage clothing store. They had a whole rack of them jackets for like seventy five dollars, right? Oh the, the my one that's right? They got you. They got you. <laughs> no, no, wait, 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 wait. So oh I okay. bought the jacket. I go. I bought the jacket, right? And I put it on. I'm like, this, is interest, really interesting because it had all this texture, all these buttons. Because those are just buttons. Those are just coat buttons on that jacket. Okay. And I took okay. it back to. I took it back to the uh, studio with the twenty five thousand dollars of, of other stuff that I had. Mm. And that seventy five dollar jacket ended up being my album cover. I could have kept that 25 G's, man. What? Out. Yeah. <laughs> the $75 jacket ended up being the album cover.
0: This is $75. Yeah, I still have it. Yo, that's, cra- that's, that's crazy, man. So, so, so look, you, 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 just, <laughs> you, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted, man, that that jacket. I, I, I remember when that album came out, man, and saying, I thought that was like one of the flyest album covers ever, man. i I'm, you did you didn't just mess up my childhood telling me that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> i just knew i always wanted that jacket i was like man yeah. i want that I'm just, I'm just joking man so look so okay so you, you, they, they release you from virgin records and you go on and that album by the way was a phenomenal album probably one of your best because i really feel like you updated your sound you kept up with the sound it's 1994 you really updated your sound you honed into what you what you do but yeah. um you wasn't working with Ted Currier, I believe, on that project.
1: I did. I did work with Ted Currier, but I also worked with different um, different producers. I I, I worked with uh, Mark Jeez, um, I don't. I forgot Mark's last name, but he worked. He ended up working at um, Epic Records. Uh, uh, David, David Sanchez. David Sanchez. And then one of the Fat Boys. I forgot their name. his, his name was Marky. also Mark Chris Marky Prince, D. D. I worked with him. And, uh, and in fact, they did like two songs on the album. And, okay. you know, I just started spreading my wings and just, you know, checking out different things and different sounds and wanted to. But I learned so much working with Ted Courier. Talk about Ted Currier.
2: Ted, 80. Ted is 80 him.
1: now. He's 80. Wow. He's 80. And um and I, I, I don't think of him as an 80-year-old man. You know, like, because he was 40 then. That was like 35 years ago. Forty. was kind of like... Quincy Jones how Quincy was like yeah I I didn't like I still like when I talk to him now he still sounds like the Ted of 35 years ago and but you know he you know he's obviously older and um and so I talked to him about doing it you know how how amazing it would be if he and I got back together and did another record since all of my biggest records were with him and and um you know, I, I let him know that uh, because, you know, I check on him, I check on him and I, I let him know that, you know, I reminded him that he is who he is and that it would be a great thing if if we got back together. And, and he he's thinking about it. So I'm hoping that that actually comes to fruition, that I get to work with Ted Courier again before all is said and done. That's um, I see I now that I don't know why this phone is going down so quickly, but I was at about 40 percent when I called you back. And yeah. now I'm back down to about 10%. So it's going, it's going quickly. I'm going to have to check out my settings and see why my phone is um, draining so quickly. But
0: I'm not to so hold, hold you too much longer. Um, I want to, so, so, OK, so now, you know, I know like a lot of, again, this is a lot of fans, you know, we love your music. You talk about love a lot in your music. Uh, do you seem like, does it seem, a lot of people say those elements in in rhythm and blues, they miss those elements. Do you feel that, you know, is, is that how you see things as far as, you know, rhythm and blues? Because it's not what it once was. I'm going to be honest. No, it's completely
1: different. It's completely different. I mean, there's nothing is left to the imagination with today's music. And, about- you know, like songs like With You were were romancing songs, romantic. And so romantic leaves, you know, leaves you to imagine, you know, what, you know, a night of passion could be if you were with, you know, your desire and, uh, you know, sometimes those songs were, you know, like, a guy wouldn't know what to say, and he would say, listen to this. I, I recorded this record from Tony Terry, this is what I really want to say to you. And then they'll put it on, right? And it speaks for them. But, you know, you you know, a lot of the music that we hear today can't do that. You know, you, you, you'd you be offending somebody if you tell, if you play some of the records and say, this is what I want you to hear. <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I've been trying yeah. to say to you. Um, yeah, tell but, me you know, about it. Tell I, I still think that there's room for I don't always sing about romance, so you know I like to sing about slices of life. And uh, uh, the, uh, one of the new singles that I have coming out in the next couple of weeks is, is called "Brighter Day," and it's okay. and it speaks on the, it speaks on the time and, and it, but it's kind of a throwback sound and it reminds you of uh, Marvin Gaye's um, "Inner City we, Blues," make you want to holler. Can um, we get a
0: little? Can we get a little sample if you don't if you don't mind, brother? If you don't mind, um, if you don't mind.
1: I, I don't mind. Let me, let me. I have to pull it up, but let me hold up. Hold up. Hold up. up.
0: You know what we say, if you don't mind, man. <laughs> my fiance she she did ask for a request, and um, you know, she told me to shot shot her out. You know, Who's she's that? a die, my fiance Tish. She's a huge, huge diehard oh, that, Tony Terry.
1: fan. That's what's up. I appreciate that. Die, that's what's up. Die-hard, so die-hard. this is the this is the single that I have coming. It's called Brighter Day.
2: Jesus. The world is changing. Ooh. Please help me out. I'm just a little confused about the way things are today. The world is changing. And things are just not the same as they was yesterday. All oh, this war I can't hate no one It's just unburned. We need to take some time. Pray. I want to know, I want to know when things will change, but please release us from the chains. If they would only know your name, I know. I know we'll see a brighter day. Oh, hey. hey. Neighbors killing neighbors, divorces on the rise. Talk about babies having babies, teenage suicides. we need to change our wicked ways. It's just not worth it. Right. We need to stop and think.
0: Yeah, hey brother, (laughs) hey, you ain't missed uh, a beat, brother. Hey, I appreciate that, brother. You ain't (laughs) missed a beat. I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking, looking forward to that, man. You, you, brother. Yeah, you still, you still got it, man. You you know. Yeah, Um, I I love, I love what I do, man. And I don't. don't What inspires you? What inspires you? You know, like being in the industry, man, for over thirty years, man. What inspires you to like, man? Let me
1: tell you something. I I was. I was just telling somebody today how it's really interesting that I still have a passion for this after all these years and I've really, you know, I've been through some things in this industry Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just been incredible. It's been an incredible ride. and. You know, I just love it, man. I, I, because, see, again, it's it's sharing. It's sharing. Right. And so right, my passion right. doesn't come from being acknowledged by somebody or saying how much they, they love the music, because my, my passion comes from knowing where the source is and my, mm-hmm. knowing what the source is and that. Um, uh, realizing that, you know, when you make music that becomes part of the fabric of people's lives, you have to know that that has nothing to do with you. That's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. spiritual thing and uh, because you know how many records come out come and go and then you forget them you never hear from them again you never Plenty. you don't know, remember the songs you know Plenty. but you know when you have a song that sticks and you know people want it at their weddings and they even want it at their funerals at their loved ones and they even want it at the you know they want it at their important social gatherings that's 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 something and, and mm-hmm. that speaks to something bigger yeah. than me um um, before before I get shut out here, I want to I want to uh, introduce you guys to my current single that's burning up in in DC right now. Um, so, like, come it, on, let's go. Let's it, go. It, it's, it's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. And uh, you know, it's called "Born to Love You." So I'm gonna do a little cool. taste of that before I get up out of here. All right. All right. All right here we go. Here we go.
2: Hey baby. Can I talk to you? Yeah. Yo, let me holler at you. Oh, if I told you I adore you, uh, it will cost me nothing, but it cost me everything. If I could offer you nothing, but all oh, my time and patience is enough. No price tag on Tony's touch Ooh, so I text you love letters And you said you want status Count on me to make it better It's me on you and you on me Baby, baby, baby Ooh, baby, baby, baby Baby, baby, baby I love you I was born to love you, oh yes I was And you know that I'm right, that I'm right, that I'm right I was born to love you, yes. yeah. When it's raining outside, don't mind the weather that's where we're we back. forever, baby. Ooh, let's sip, honey, Jack, and let's roll. Uh, what you're feeling, bad, loud, bad, you feeling? in that allow that roll? It don't matter, cause I already know uh, everything you're like, cause don't dream, baby. Uh, you're the medicine for my pain. You're the reason that it goes away. Girl, you brighten my. Day. And I want you to know you're the reason I smile, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. I love you. That's
1: it. I was born to love you
0: again. Yeah. Come on, that's what it is that's that fire right there man <laughs> you know it you know it dc's <laughs> on the one and only the og tony terry shutting it down man on bridging the generation podcast he went off into gospel he keep coming back man into you know into this arena man real quick man like what was that like man you know going into the, what what led you to going down that road and you know, now you're back here, man. You know,
1: I, I came from the church. It's not It's not going, it's not led me down. That's where I came
0: from. Okay,
1: okay. I right came on. from that, you know, so it's Got like, it. I'm a singer. You know, the world decided that I was this or that I was that. Gotcha. But I'm a singer. Gotcha. I, I studied classically. I sing jazz. I sing country and Western. I sing R&B. I sing gospel. I'm a singer.
0: That's what's up, Well, That last song, I dedicate that to my fiance, Tish. Born She's okay. All right, Tish. that's what's up. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I dedicate that to her. Uh, we got the one and only Tony Terry, brother. It's been an honor. I wish we had more time. I would love to chop it up more with you in the future. We can but, do it brother, again, bro. We can do yeah, it again. I, again, it's been excellent. The one and only Tony Terry, Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm Malak Arif. We out of here. Take care, brother. Peace. All right. My dude. I love right. it.